All right, man, this is Brandon Gredler, uh, and I just got done recording episode nine of Cocktails and Questions, the podcast where each episode we have some cocktails and we talk about the world of technology and business. Uh, I was back after a long time with my friends uh, Ben Gaddis and James Laney. It was good to see their face, man. Uh, we talked a lot about Elon Musk's pending announcement, which I guess we're about an hour away from, uh, about this uh, autonomous truck that's coming out. Um, it was great, man. James rolled his eyes at me an awful lot. Uh, ben corrected me for sounding like a four-star general at one point. We even insulted Scientologists. Uh, it was a fun one, man. The crew is back together. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this one. Thank you so much for giving us your time, uh, either driving to work, uh, walking around the house, sitting at your desk, whatever it is that you're doing when you're listening to podcasts. We thank you. So rate and review on iTunes. Tell your friends about it. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, be good to yourselves, be good to one another, tune in and drink up. This is Cocktails and Questions. A lot has happened since the last time we've been in a room together. The Houston Astros won the World Series. What? Yep. It is enough to make me care about baseball. <laughs> uh, Austin, our home city, uh, opened up a brand new library. And we started construction in the Garden Grove. So if you hear some construction in the background, we apologize in advance, but we're just trying to make it better for you folks. So that's It'll be it, done man. by 2020. 2020. If you, if, well, it's construction. James, you want to chime brought, in about that? Uh, brought to you by the city of Austin. In, right. in, in the ongoing saga of James's. I, I don't want to talk okay. about it. Okay. All right. Well, the other thing that's happened, uh, something that kind of got us excited as we were walking around today, uh, first thing in the morning is, is what's going on at Tesla, man. You want to, Ben, you want to fill us in on what, what's up? Well, it hadn't happened yet, but big night tonight. So we are talking about real-time news here, not fake news, real-time news, my friend. We got the, we got the new uh, what Elon Musk has done the, dubbed the Beast coming out tonight, which I can't believe that we're actually having a podcast about the launch of a semi-truck. I mean, that's how far we've come and how godlike Elon Musk has become in mm -hmm. our industry, that everybody's sitting around and they're live streaming. When was the last Freightliner event that was live streamed to millions of people? Never, right? Well, Never. the last time but, anyone cared, streaming wasn't involved. Exactly. And nobody knew what a Freightliner was. So why are we talking about this? Tesla takes, um, you know, you've seen the evolution of this company from a you know, very low production sports car company to the Model S to the X. Now they've got the three, which we'll talk about the challenges that they're having. Are they spreading themselves too thin? Where do they go? The semi-truck, which is the, <laughs> not typically where the auto manufacturers go when you think about a consumer car company, but uh, what they're talking about here could be kind of game-changing. So talking about a fully electric truck, so uh, battery-powered, two to 300 miles, which yep. is a little bit different than what you're going to get out of a typical semi. Probably going to have... Meaning more or less? Less. Yep. Probably going to have more... Uh, probably going to have autopilot, so... First of what we're going to see of a lot of autonomous trucks, so that's kind of cool. Um, but what I thought was really interesting is that this truck is probably going to look completely different because there's no need for that massive hood that everybody has. So it's going to be kind of space age Decepticon Transformer like. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what they're coming out with. So a lot of predictions out there in terms of what the truck will do, what it's going to look like, uh, but there's a thought that they're holding something back, that there's a big release. So I'm interested to see not really just what features it has, but what do you think, James, this means going forward? What, is it, what do I think it means? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it really means all that much relative to Tesla because this isn't really a big deviation from what he does. You know, like if you look at, at the pattern, I, I, 
Elon Musk is the most successful ADHD person I've ever seen in my life. Like he's like, rather than, you know, it being written down as some sort of character defect or some sort of impediment, it turns out his inability to focus and concentrate is a huge boon, not only to his, his own empire, but the world at large. And um, I mean, if anybody can pull it off, it appears to be him. Um, I, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, fleet vehicles are sold largely in bulk, you know, to, to, to large companies. Um, so it's a lot easier than going and fighting uh, the cartels that uh, are the dark car dealerships on a state-by-state basis. It's probably easier for him to, to purpose the technology there. But uh, what we see is Tesla as a platform now, as opposed to an automotive company. And I, don't, I think that's what some critics like Bob Lutz, the former vice chairman of General Motors, doesn't necessarily get. You know, Tesla is not a car because now it's a battery company. And that technology now makes uh, other things work, like in Puerto Rico. They're talking about, you know, potentially getting involved with reconstruction in Puerto Rico. And now you're talking about solar, and that relates to Solar City. So all this actually goes back to Elon Musk one way or the other as the platform. But I wasn't all that surprised. In fact, I think it's a really interesting play. Um, if anything, if you think about it as a sustainability platform that's driven through technology, you see um, you could probably make a much bigger dent in vehicle emissions by uh, getting involved in fleet and um, transportation and logistics more so than the average individual consumer market. So it, remind, it reminds me of a couple of things, right? Um, on one level, just the announcement kind of reminds me. You guys remember that movie with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino where he slowly becomes the devil? Remember this movie? Mm-hmm. And like over the progression, I forget the title, but over the progression of the movie, his hair slowly gets more and more slicked back, right? He starts out like clean cut with a part mm-hmm. and then... This tweet, right? That he, the yeah, devil's, the advocate, devil's advocate. That's what it was. Um, Austin Engineer, thank you, sir. Uh, great movie, but like you watch the transformation. I don't that know, t- it was great. The, the, I, don't, I don't know. You and I are going to have our own podcast about movies, and yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> it's going to be called Rotten Tomatoes. I hope that's not taken yet. Um, and this tweet is just like he's becoming more and more. I don't want to say arrogant, but the, I'm I'm losing another term. Right? It's just like my shit's going to be great and you're going to watch it and you're going to love it. Right. And it's, it's in a way that I haven't seen before all the way down to like the 8 PM time. The reason why we don't know what's going on is because our local time is two hours behind his. And he's just like, I don't give a shit when the world goes to sleep or wakes up. I'm on the West coast. This is going to happen. But from a business model standpoint, it reminds me of software. So we watch software companies come and go. And a lot of people try to go and they saw, they try to solve the B2C problem. Like, this is really expensive and really hard. Why don't we just go one to many? I know we'll do fleet management, right? So with one sale, they can actually like fundamentally change their stock trajectory by going one to one. Like, you know, if you could, why would you sell three Teslas when you can sell 300 Tesla trucks? I think, I think it's really smart, man. It makes good, it, it makes good on their promise, which reminds, which is the second thing it reminds me of, which is like the old adage, like, are you in the train business? Because I've been thinking a lot about rail, railroads lately. Are you in the train business or are you in the transportation business? And he's like, well, I'm in the transportation business, but I'm in the ecosystem of transportation, right? So what do you need? You need energy, you need fleets, you need all this stuff. So it makes sense to me. Uh, it makes good on his promise, but it, it does raise concerns about about focus and things like that. I think it raises concerns about cash flow. If you look at just the Model 3 in general, I mean, there's been predictions that I think they have two to three months of cash left. I mean, that yeah. whole that thing by well, their itself... their production line's all messed up, it right? Is. It could, is. It could take them down. And so you add the fact that this isn't going to be online for at least two and a half or three years. They're going to make another model in between this. I think what he's doing is he is... 
he's selling an irrational vision. That is his. That is what he does. Irrational or rational? Irrational. Yeah. Irrational. And he's able to go out and make these promises, which I'm going to do a solar roof cheaper than the cost of a regular roof, right? I'm going to do uh, an electric car that is faster than any production car. And he's been able to do this a couple of times, but as he spreads himself out, can he continue to do that? And so what I think he's selling, he's selling this idea that I can solve the world's biggest problems in the craziest, most unexpected way. But how many times can you do that? Because you got to be great every time when something costs billions and billions of dollars to do that. So you got a gigafactory that's churning out batteries. Maybe you're a battery company. But then when you have to do that and manufacture an X, an S, a 3, a truck, those are all different lines. They're supposed to be making right now. They say that they're going to produce, they want to produce 500,000 cars in 2018, a million in 2020. They produced 84,000 last year. They made 220 Model 3s last, yep. mu- last month, last quarter. They're supposed to make 1,500. Yep. I mean, the word on the street is that they're hand manufacturing these Model 3s because the production is so bad. They're literally just trying to just beat this thing to death with their bare hands, and yet he's going off and trying to do this other thing. I don't know. I love him. I think he's going to do it. I, I would bet I would bet he does, but that was it my might question. be a little bit of a stretch. Would you bet against him? No. So Absolutely even not. from a financial perspective, there's an old saying that if you get in trouble and you owe the bank a million dollars, they own you. But if you owe them a billion dollars, you own them, yep. right? And he's he's gotten to that size, right? Where it's like, is is it is is it even feasible to assume that people wouldn't come in and try and bail them out or get involved as financiers? I mean, if if he hits a cash crunch, I have no, I have a. It's not even an issue. It's, it's not you even an issue. People will jump debt. in. Yeah. People will get involved. I mean, if Uber can continue to, I mean, which. I mean, it's an interesting company, but let's be honest, right? Uber is like well beyond its rationalization as a potential viable business model for the amount of capital that it's acquired. So, I mean, I see Tesla being bailed out easily, you know, and it, I think the thing is Elon Musk may have to take his own medicine, you know, which is to like, you know, be as good at everything that he expects everybody else. If you read that book, he's a real dick to a lot of people saying, you know, now I got to do your job too. Well, maybe he's starting to see the end of that. Maybe now that he needs to go and start listening to people that understand production lines, you know, and things like that, rather than assuming he's the genius. So do you think that the vision has gotten beyond reality? Oh, without without a doubt. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. But I think that's what's great about it, right? That is what he is. I mean, that is his whole thing, is that he is this irrational vision that is bigger than all and by by having that belief and just brute forcing it, but also going about it in a different way, he's been able to make remarkable change. And what I'm most interested in is how far can that go? So Steve Jobs, you can say that he did that. And, and you know, RIP Steve Jobs will pour out a little bit for a man there. Yeah, but please do, please at do. At the same time, Real he's dick making... Too. He's making well. He's a dick, yeah. yeah. Two, you know. There's, so there's a theme. Commonalities. There's a theme but, with distortion. Right. But he was make. But he's making. He's making phones, and he was making products that were very, very closely related to each other. Right? Computers, smaller computers. You know, things with screens. Like these are big differences. You're making rockets. You're making trucks. You're making cars. And I guess you could say that there's a lot of the same components. But there is such a broad stretch that I don't know. I don't know how you do it over and over. So when I heard the whole reality distortion field uh, designation for Steve Jobs, I thought that was hilarious because that's not reality distortion. That's just being a dick, 
right? Like, that's just being a jerk, right? Like, if you look at the history, like, he was just an asshole. Like, and that's okay. That's what you have to do to become a multi-multi-billionaire and create a company like Apple, I guess. Um, that's not the same thing as what Elon Musk has done, right? Elon Musk, anybody who can go and conceivably create a middle market for rocketry, like, that's not real. That's actual reality distortion field. Anybody who can go and simultaneously a mainstream solar power grids, you know, electric cars, and on top of it, rocketry and maybe Hyperloop technology, and, and isn't a drug addict, like, you know, or like staying up all the time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the guy's, he's unbelievable. No, so. I don't know what you're saying because for sure he's a drug addict and for sure he stays up all the time. <laughs> Are you saying that he doesn't? <laughs> I don't. Know. I I don't see that. I, I actually okay. think he, our lawyers are going to say we yeah, like, walked that one back. And sound engineer is going to be for like, sure. Um, I mean, probably not, but it could be. And by drug, I mean caffeine. And you coffee. know, you know he's one of, of our seventeen listeners. Yeah, <laughs> like hey, man, crushing hey, his hey, iPhone in a change. Uh, I'm excited, man. Like I, the 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 thing that I like about him is he is, uh, in a way, the purest manifestation of what we do every day, which is ask why not. And he, you know, through through his history and his coffers, he's been able to prove why not. You know, we're we're oftentimes in situations where um, I can't just wander off into the woods and come back with a rocket. I know people who could help me do it, but I don't have the coffers. And he's kind of got like this weird like alchemy of life where he takes these questions. And I think it's hilarious that Bob Lutz from GM is like, it'll never work. Right? It's, <laughs> like, it's like Warren Buffett who comes out and like curses blockchain. It's like, well, all right, we need to examine why we're saying the things we're saying. It's a little strange. But what he's been able to do from, you know, reality distortion or um, belief suspension, like it's just it's stuff of comic books and you know it's it's common to compare him to tony stark and things like that but what a time to be alive to watch this stuff man i mean i remember watching the last rocket from nasa um shoot into space i think it was in 09 i watched it at work or 2010 or something like that and then watching him re-land a rocket backwards just because just off the power of a lot of coffee from what I've had, <laughs> but I'm ex- I'm excited for this man. I, I think you know, but I'm also concerned in a way. Um, I think it's the we talk a lot about AI and we talk a lot about job displacement. You know, I have a thank you truck drivers for transporting our goods all over the United States, but I have a, a feeling similar to that of um, local carnies. Like it just makes me nervous that you're driving anyway. Like you put all these rules and regulations in, but it's like the largest workforce in the United States. Truck driving? Truck driving, right? Is like, it really? Yeah, yeah. It's like it employs more people than any other industry in the, in the United States. And so when we talk about AI and we talk about the rise of robots and we talk about universal basic income, oftentimes it comes back to trucking. And the fact that this guy put out a tweet that said your skull's going to be blown off or however he phrased it, oh, and tune in at 8 Pacific to watch the, the initial rise of the robots, it's a, it's a little strange. I don't know if the the mic just picked up my massive eye roll just a moment ago, um, but <laughs> I don't. I don't probably. It's a, it's I don't worry about. I don't worry it's about joblessness. When I talk for your eye rolls, I don't worry about joblessness and trucking. Like machines are prone to fail. Like if you look at it, Agreed. you know the the more complex a machine, the more likely it is to fail. And a semi truck is a complex thing. It's got thousands of parts. And anybody who knows it was driven by them on I thirty five in Texas. You see their tires blowing out, or you know, like they're just they break down. And as a result, you'll never iron that deficiency out of the design. It just doesn't happen. There's friction, there's gravity, there's heat, 
you know, there's human error in terms of maintenance. So you're always going to have to have a person there. Now, whether or not it requires a truck driver to up their game to be more of a technically sophisticated more sort of... a mechanic of, and less of yeah, an operator. Yeah, like more like a captain of the ship as opposed to like a guy that makes, you know, crude jokes over the CB all day. Or maybe they can do both. I don't know. But in reality, I think that's where it's going to take it. I don't know if anybody's ever going to take the, the human out of the loop. I mean... I don't know, man. I think... I, I actually think very differently. I think as you go from a... Uh, internal combustion engine to an electric vehicle, the number of parts goes down exponentially. Correct. I mean, and, and when I say exponentially, I don't even really know what that means. So I'm not sure. <laughs> I know there's a lot less, and I know that for a fact. But what we're talking about is the the maintenance levels, the number of times you have to get things checked. Overall, you're going to have much less of an issue with an electric vehicle, assuming they get the parts ironed out. So you, so you get to that point. Then I think what you start to do is you start to see things like convoys, if things can actually pull together and you can start to have trucks that fall along, which is where most of the autonomous mm-hmm. truck excitement is. And so these things can sort of move through city centers or around in a way that's much faster, that's much more efficient. And I think that you'll start to see that there's no way you would want to have a human being doing this so, so and, and maybe remember that's, our years, good maybe friend, that's 50 years remember our good friend max tegmark in life 3.0 that entire segment on thank god there was a man in the loop yeah right i mean like crisis has been averted numerous times throughout history just because there was a person of varying authority and stature at a moment in time where we all needed them to be there the other thing you think about is whether or not the truck manufacturers are going to want people out of the loop because that essentially removes third-party culpability in terms of an accident. If we can accept that autonomous vehicles will actually be prone to error, it's some software. Software even breaks down, right? The software that's going to be running it. Who here's owned a computer that's never needed to be decompressed or or rebooted or, heaven forbid, have you restarted, right? Which is what the IT team always says. I mean, all of this is fallible. And I would really... I would be shocked if the manufacturers didn't insist there was a human inside just for someone to sue if something goes wrong. So we're, we're, we're bleeding from the, the truck announcement in, into what it what it means, right? And I, I think we're kind of saying the same thing, but at different points in time. I think both of you guys are correct. Um, eventually we'll get there, right? Like, yes, humans will need to be involved. I mean, it reminds me of the last 10 feet problem. It's the classic problem. Like, Driving on I-35 is not difficult. It's just not. What happens when you exit and take a right? That's the problem. Um, and what it's going to do is going to reduce all these hours of all these human drivers all over. And they're going to have to fill their time somehow, right? Um, but the other thing that I'm excited about is with these autonomous vehicles, assuming that we are correct in this announcement, like who knows with this guy? Who knows what he's going to actually talk about? But there's rules and regulations on when you can and cannot drive. There's rules and regulations on how many hours you can drive. Mm-hmm. All of that shit's going to go out the window. Yep. Right. So f- just from living in Austin, a, a city that's congested, we actually live on the live in the one of the bu- busiest corridors between Mexico and North America. Runs right through the heart of our city. Every single truck that you see every single day will be off the road, and it'll be on the road at 4 a.m. when you're asleep. So that's kind of exciting. I think it's kind of cool too that I mean, if you have sensor enabled trucks, I, I do think um, things like smuggling is going to be brought down a lot. 
right? Like drug trafficking, things like that, all that other stuff. I'm that way the ahead of you. And like, <laughs> if you think about it, an IoT truck that's got like real-time inventory sensors and things like that, it's going to be a lot harder to sneak Managed through blockchain. Exactly. Inventory, yeah. Pay with know. Bitcoin. Gasoline management. Gasoline smuggling, for, for the listeners that are uh, infinitely curious, uh, stay curious. Look up uh, gasoline smuggling. It, it's a fascinating problem. There's entire like million-dollar companies that um, only deal with this gasoline theft problem. It's it's strange, I know. <laughs> so for, so from there, so I, I think we could talk about autonomous cars all day. I think that's yep. a great podcast. My question is, if you think about the announcement tonight, you think about where Tesla has been and where they're headed. Is Tesla a new business model? Are they uh, with Musk at the helm? Are they capable of operating in a way that is different than most businesses in the past, or do they risk being the next GE, which is today in a really bad spot. And it's so, you know, it's so spread out. There's so many different business units likely going to be broken up. What do you guys think? I mean, that's kind of how we got here, right? It was like these two simultaneous stories and like, there's the great GE, uh, they came out the other day. They said uh, we're cutting dividends by 50%, if not 100%, but I think I remember reading 50%. Um, their stock hit almost 15, waiting for it to go to 12, but it's back up at 18. Uh, the, the street says, your new CEO, we don't believe in him, things like that. And it kind of goes, like like you said, it's like, the is this the new business model? Is this how you do it, right? Because you used to nail one thing, and just go right like amazon was books they just nailed books and now you know a couple podcasts ago we talked about their announcement but at the time they go oh we do books and we do speakers and we do this and we do that we'd be like what the hell are these guys doing but it's 2017 is this the new business model right i know you have some thoughts about this so um i I, it's a really interesting question you know and it actually makes you think interesting things because i was reading that ge news and of all people who i felt sorry for Jeffrey Immelt. I'm like, oh, poor Jeff Immelt. Oh, man. Poor Jeff Immelt. Only pulled out about 32 million. I'm like, what am am I thinking? Right? Like, this guy walked away with like $30 million. Explain explain who that is. Jeff Immelt is the recently stepped down CEO uh, of of General Electric who took over for Jack Welch. It was actually handpicked by Jack Welch. Um, and anybody that's who's like walked, being knighted. That is right. My goodness. And you know, and he was there for a long time, and he actually oversaw GE through the financial crisis and divested GE financial services and all of those things. And so, I mean, I, my whole point is that it's a funny topic of conversation. Um, you look at it's when I look at Amazon. So Jeff Bezos isn't the same type of CEO that Elon Musk is, right? He like Amazon in and of itself is its own entity and it has its own personality. You know, anything Tesla related or Solar City or the Boring Company or whatever it might be, SpaceX, that's defined by Elon Musk. And that's a point, Ben, you made earlier. And I thought that was a really, really good point. When I think about it, I think eventually the tra- trajectory will take Elon Musk to become GE. I mean, just it's a matter of time. Because if you look at what's actually driving down GE's business, it's um, shifts that you either could or could not expect. But uh, their railroad business is just huge cash drain right now. Now, nobody in the new economy would think it's a great idea to have a railroad business, but they do. And they make probably the world's most sustainable railroad cars and things like that. Um, but because there's less coal being transported back and forth, which is something our good president's trying to fix, um, along with former governor and now energy secretary Perry, um, they're trying to get more coal back in those cars. 
Um, <laughs> in reality, though, that was a huge hit to their business. And so you become entangled. It's, we'll know when things turn against Elon Musk and see how his business model stands up. Uh, right now, I think it's it's very exploratory. I think it's very aspirational. And I think it's very bold. Because as you pointed out earlier, Ben, he's tackling all these things that were seemingly intractable, right? The dealership model and uh, electric cars. I mean, there was a documentary called Who Killed the Electric Car? Uh, you remember that? One. Yeah, that and, uh, and it's like a big crime. Yeah. Now it's like, well, we got them everywhere. And now the Nissan Leaf and the Prius and all these cars have to be electric or hybridized. Um, I think if he continues on his trajectory, he'll get there. But right now, no. I think I think he's a platform, and I think I I, I really think it's great what he does. Does it does it expose? Does it does it like increase the level of risk? Right. So something that we talk about. And I'm sorry to, to cut, jump in front of you, but the uh, Elon being bigger than Tesla itself, right? So we saw a little bit of it with the passing of Steve Jobs. That's two mentions. R.I.P. Pour some out. Um, but the, the, the street notices, right? So are you betting on Tesla or are you betting on Elon? Right, I think now you're betting, on, you're betting on Elon because Tesla by itself doesn't stand up. It doesn't. I mean, no. it's got two months worth of cash and it's making 200 cars a quarter versus 1,500 that it says it's going to do. If anybody other than Elon Musk went out and made the promises that he did and then went back on them, this announcement was supposed to be in September. And then it was supposed to be October, mm-hmm. and now it's exactly going to be November, right. and I guess it's going to happen tonight. But you know what? I don't give a shit because it's Elon Musk, so I'll do. <laughs> you know, I'll be there. I'll be streaming it live. Right. Um, but before we get out of here and on, on with the weekend and things like this, spending in the holiday, what's the most interesting thing you guys have seen this week? Right. So we talked about the truck announcement, which we we admit is great, and we did a whole 20, 30 minutes on it. But that's not the only headline. Anything? Open forum. Who's up first? So I got two, actually. One was Uh-oh. when Kansas kicked Kentucky's ass in the championship classic this week. <laughs> that was the coolest thing I saw. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, it's a bit of a nail-biter. But we, and where we, are you from and where did I you I went go? to the University of Kansas. Uh, I don't think I would be saying that if I went to Kentucky. Um, but from the from the tech and culture side, I thought it was actually really interesting. Um, Rebecca Newman, who's the chief brand officer at WeWork, she actually yes. uh, just launched WeGrow, which is uh, kind of a ruthless school for helping five-year-olds figure out their future, which I got to be honest, as a parent of a child in Montessori, is oddly sort of appealing. I thought it was really cool for two reasons. One, that someone was getting edgy with education. Um, and two, that you have a chief brand officer that's about making, not necessarily talking or making ads. So I, I thought that was great to see somebody like that. I thought that was really neat. Very cool. Starting at five years old. Five years old. Yeah, I love Gen- it. Generation we. Mine was a little bit different, um, but uh, starting at that, uh, probably more that Gen Y group, uh, millennials in China. Do you guys know that on 11-11, it's Singles Day? Singles no. Day is like Black Friday, but Alibaba actually created uh, a day Hallmark for style. singles to celebrate the fact that they're single. They generated $25.3 billion in Damn. revenue just on Singles Day. That's not, that's not including JD.com, which generated $19.1 billion. Oof. So what is overall, Alibaba sell on Singles Day? It's, it, think about it like Amazon. It's just everything is on sale. It's like Prime Day. It's like they just created Prime Day for people who are single the greatest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Games. I mean, <laughs> congratulations. Awesome. Self-help books. Yeah. I mean, the greatest thing. I mean, I knew about it, but it's gone from five. That is a shitload of to money. $25 billion in the course of a couple of years. That's rad. Yeah. Okay. So China, 11-11 next year. There you go. Yep. We, we won't celebrate. Or maybe we will. You never know, man. What about you? Um, 
so part and parcel to what we've been talking about uh, and sort of in your realm of, of culture and things like that. So I'm just going to read from this newsletter that I've that I receive every day. Anthony Lewandowski wants to start a futuristic religion. Seriously. So this guy's an old uh, Google Uber exec, um, has messed around in the realm of AI and autonomous vehicles, right? So he says, Lewandowski says the new religion, quote, way of the future will focus on the realization, acceptance, and worship of a godhead based on AI development through computer hardware and software. What a fucking time to be alive. That's the most interesting thing. (laughs) I didn't quite catch that. He wants to start a religion that worships AI. Mm. AI is their God. And in 2017... He's just trying to get out ahead of it? With the whole like enslavement of humans? Yeah. I mean, why not? He's like, hey, by the way, who was the guy that started that church? Exactly. Me. Me. And make sure you're tax exempt. Before you throw me down that hole... Tax like, exempt is a. I didn't even like think the about Church that. Of Scientology. He's, he's like, he can I, become billionaire, largest real estate owner Ron in the United L. States. Mm, terrible author, most <laughs> prolific author, but just kind of an oddball. Great garbage. Mike. And to those in the Church of Scientology, we apologize for that. But thank you. For Subscribe listening. and rate us and tell your friends. <laughs> uh, and with that, man, uh, for Ben Gaddis and James Lanyon, sound engineer uh, Austin, it's been awesome to be back. Cocktails and questions. Subscribe, rate, tell your friends, even if you're in the Church of Scientology. We Boom. love you still. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Until then, be good to each other. Be good to yourself. Go have fun.